the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the word to stand on for life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Your word is sharper than any two-edged sword. And it cuts deep into my heart. The word to stand on for life is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel in San Antonio. A live call-in show here to help you answer your questions about the Bible and how to apply the word to your daily life. For more information on Calvary Chapel, visit our website, calvarysa.com. Get your Bible questions ready and call in now to 210-340-9585. It's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome to the program. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh from Calvary Chapel in San Antonio, Texas, and you are listening to The Word to Stand Up for Life, a program dedicated to taking your phone calls and answering your questions, Bible questions, questions about stuff going on in your life, anything on your heart, especially today, because this is the date day edition of the show, which means Paula is live in studio with us. All you have to do is provide the phone call, 210-340-9585. If you're outside the local San Antonio area, you can call toll-free at 877-630-KSLR. Numerically, that's 630-5757. You can email questions to us by emailing questions at calvarysa.com. Or you can use our free Calvary Chapel of San Antonio mobile app. And as always, if you are driving in your car and want to call, the safest way to do that is to use the free KSLR mobile app. Just hit the call now banner at the top of the screen. Everything else is hands-free, and you'll be connected directly to our studio producer. Paula, thanks for being here. You're very welcome, sir. Thanks for hanging out with me today. Yep, that's... The Lord said, this is the one for life. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, I, I the interpretation of that. <laughs> what? You're stuck. Yeah, pretty much. That's it, huh? But it's a good stuck. Yeah. It's all right. I you're, love you. You're it's, stuck with me. I'm stuck with you. Yeah. What's up? Well, you know, we are going through, and we're almost finished with Sweet Summer Devotions. Um, and so, um, Trish Dominguez was Monday night, and then next week is Kim Arivalo, and then the week after that is Tennille Smith, and then we're done with the Sweet Summer Devotions. And so, you know, you just made a suggestion, but maybe I'll hold off. No, go ahead. Scare them all if they happen to be listening. Okay, it's your fault, so you go ahead and make the announcement. <laughs> well, I was just thinking, it's been such a, a, a neat summer um, season for, for all of the ladies uh, that uh, we do a radio show mm-hmm. on a Thursday with all of them or as many of them as can make it mm-hmm. on a Thursday mm-hmm. afternoon um, and uh, just sort of get an idea from them uh, what the whole 
process was like, what the aftermath has been like, what they learned, what they enjoyed, what they were terrified of. I think the realness of these ladies has been spectacular mm-hmm. this year. And uh, I mentioned on the program on Wednesday, I think that uh, Trish Dominguez's uh, Sweet Summer Devotion was just spectacular. Mm-hmm. It was was really, really glorifying to the Lord mm-hmm. and, and in time. So mm-hmm. uh, you contact the ladies and see if they are up for that. We'll see what happens. I'm really interested in these next two. Kim is very young. Yes. And and Tennille is just a crack up. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just love the girl with all my heart. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm anxious to see what they have to say. And then things kind of get back to normal. School starts and yep. we do, you take a two-week break on Monday night, so you when school starts? Mm-hmm. Yeah, two get, weeks. Let everybody get back in their schedule? Yeah, it's two weeks, maybe three this year because of some holiday that falls in there or something. So, um, yes, we always do. Okay, and what are your plans after that? First uh, Timothy. Oh, good. First uh-huh. Timothy. Good. Yeah. And can I'm I not... be there when you get to chapter 2, verse 12? You can teach it. <laughs> We can call you in as a special guest. We got a special <laughs> guest tonight. You know what his name is? Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Take it away. There you go. <laughs> That's the one where women can't be pastors. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You might I'm be. getting renewed calls about. Yeah, I know. I, I, I hear it on the radio all the time. In fact, um, you know, my, my, uh, my cousin called from California that I hadn't talked to in I don't know how many years. And, uh, she had been talking to her one of her sisters, who she and I have been talking. And she goes, you've talked to Paula? Yeah, so she, give me the number, kind of thing. You know, I want to talk to Paula, too. So she called me um, on my birthday yesterday. And uh, so I was talking about the church and what we're doing. And she says, so, so you've been a first lady for 28 years? I was like, nope. I do not <laughs> let them call me that because I'm here to serve them, not them serve me. You know, because I'm black. My cousin's black too, and so that's the kind of church she been she's been going to. I said she so she said she, she you don't wear one of those those church hats. I was like never once, <laughs> but it's not that you can wear church hats if you want to. I mean, some people like to get dressed up for church, and nothing's wrong with that. It's just that's not how I roll. <laughs> and uh, so she, you know, I said um, she was at. Uh, Home Depot in Los Angeles, so you could hear all the noise in the background. She goes, it's so good to talk to you. We talked for quite a while. She said, it's so good to talk to you. And uh, she said, send me some pictures. So I sent her some pictures. And it was of our uh, our honeymoon, 50, 50, what is it, anniversary, uh, with the kids and stuff. And she... It was a honeymoon, too, though. It was a honeymoon, yes. We don't want to talk about that. But um, <laughs> <laughs> she says, she says, you are a jazzy, snazzy first lady, dot, dot, dot. I mean, Mama Paula, because I had told her my title, my, the greatest title is a Mama Paula. I don't know how that started, but I'm Mama Paula, and I've been around long enough now. I'm not just Mama Paula. I'm Grandma Paula, and now some of those grandkids are having kids, so I'm great-Grandma Paula. So she said, dot, 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 Mama Paula. So she, she, she heard what I said. Yeah, no. Was, Th- things happen cute. when you get old. Paula, we got a, a special caller on the line, uh, Matthew from Sibla on line one. So let's take it. Matthew, you're on the air. Thank you for calling. Hey, Papa, Mama. Hi, sweetie. Yeah, uh, Matt, I wanted me to call you to ask for uh, some prayers. You know, today, as you know, we're going to uh, have a viewing for Grandma, Barbara, a.k.a. mother-in-law. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Michelle's doing really well. Well, She's okay, <laughs> but uh, 
he wanted uh, he wanted me to call you and ask for prayers and and uh, he's, he's gonna talk for a couple minutes so he was also um, inquiring about some you know giving give him some you know advice for young young man to talk about Jesus and and you know and for me personally I, I wanted to you know, ask you about funeral etiquette, you know. So, yeah, I'd I love to hear what y'all have to say. Love y'all. Okay. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. Love um, you too, honey. You know, Michelle Matthew's wife lost her mom suddenly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we see her in church one Sunday, and she's gone. Before the next uh, Sunday. Before the next Sunday. Yeah. And those kind of things happen. And um, uh, Matthew, I just sent an email to you um, telling you that we would like to have been out there, but we just can't make it um, tonight. So... God bless you, and uh, we are praying for you. We're praying that people will see the light of Jesus. Now, in terms of funeral etiquette, remember, your your, your mother-in-law, Michelle's mom, doesn't need any comfort. This isn't for her. Uh, funerals are always for the people who are hurting, uh, the ones who are left behind. And so what you want to do is you want to comfort them. Now, you want to tell the truth, but you want to comfort them. And one of the things that I always do, Matthew... What he's going to say is what he always does is go ahead. Well, what I do is I always um, let him know what she would say. Uh, And we know that from Luke chapter 16. Um, One of the things, uh, Matthew, especially in the world that we live in, um, you know, people automatically assume, uh, well, she's in a better place. And, well, I always knew she was going to go to heaven or those kind of things. But, um, you know, telling people she's not in heaven because she was a nice woman, because she was a great mom or a great grandmother. She is in heaven because she trusted in the blood of Jesus Christ. And um, that's declaring the gospel. And if you want to see her again, according to Luke chapter 16, then the only way that's going to happen is for you to be born again. And and that's that's really all that you need to do. And for you, Matt, Matt, if you're listening, um, um, in my email, I told your dad to tell you how much I love you and I'm praying for you. Um, just just talk about your grandma for a minute and speak from your heart. Just tell him the truth. If you cry, that's okay. Just let him hear your heart and tell her that tell the people there that you're not saying goodbye to your grandma. You're just saying I'll see you soon. Because when Jesus comes for us, or as you get older, one day you're going to be in heaven with her with a wonderful party, uh, being reunited uh, in the presence of the Lord. So um, I know funerals are sad things, um, but but for believers, they're really, really not. Your grandma is in the best place possible. She's looking into the face of Jesus and those uh, the, those eyes blazing like the holiest of fire, the the voice. It sounds like many rushing waters. Uh, your grandma's hearing that all the time now, and she has received the goal of her salvation. So uh, I will be praying for you. I know lots of people will be praying for you. Um, just speak from your heart, and don't worry about what anybody else thinks, just let them know that you're going to see her again and you hope that they would give their life to Jesus so that they could see her again too. So God bless you guys and we're sorry for your pain. Um, please give Michelle extra hugs for me, please. Paul, you want to add anything? Yeah. And for um, the rest of the family, I mean, I don't know. I know she has a husband and grandchildren. I don't know if she has sisters or 
you know, and, and maybe a lot of them aren't saved. Um, and the joy that you have, even though through tears, the joy that you have that uh, you'll see your grandma again, um, they don't have that assurance. And so even as you cry, you have an assurance of her salvation and yours, and uh, other people need to see that. And so uh, I'm certain that there will be an altar call, you know, given. Like if Grandma was here, like Pastor Ron said, she would want you to know that Jesus and come to him. He's not a religious head. He's a real person, and they can have a relationship with him. And that's what um, your grandma had, so. God bless you guys. Okay, God bless you. Thank you guys. And our hearts are with you. Paula, I know you wanted to talk a little bit about Trisha's Sweet Summer Devotion. You want to do that now at the beginning of the program? Or? Yeah, we might as well. Okay. Yeah, she started off um, by by saying that one day, I, one afternoon or evening, morning, whatever it was, everything runs together. Once you're inside the building, it's like, is it daytime? Is it nighttime? But um, I sat her down one time, and then I put about two or three chairs between us before I asked the question because she's so shy. And she had never, um, you know, when she first came to this church, I didn't even know what she looked like because she had her head down all the time. She was so ashamed and fearful. And so um, when I asked her, it just the look on her face was like, she did not just ask me that question. <laughs> and then her explanation was, me, my life is so messed up. She just doesn't know, you know. And who knows what other people go through. That's kind of the main thing about um, Sweet Summer Devotions. Um, but to watch Trisha, I know her as Patricia too, watch Trisha, Trish, um, grow over, I don't even know how many years she's been here. Did, it, did she tell me that? I don't know. Um, has just been something to watch. Um, she was saying, um, "I don't, I don't even know what to say. I don't have anything of value to bring." And man, was she ever wrong? <laughs> she was really, really wrong. And, and and for the radio program that you're talking about, inviting the ladies onto this, her whole uh, testimony, she sort of was a slow journey. And in in some cases, in many cases, it's a slow journey. She knew the Bible. She knew about Jesus. Um, she would come to church. She went to kind of a crazy, you know, loud church um, where there was a lot of hooping and hollering and probably running around and spitting and sweating. Um, but she didn't really know Jesus. And, um, you know, said the prayer. She said, but it didn't change her ways. You had a question yesterday on the radio program or one day this week. Um, can you know Jesus but not follow him. Well, that's what you were doing, you know. Uh, and a lot of professing Christians, that's what they do. They they say the name Jesus. They might even go to church, but they come to church with their live-in boyfriend or girlfriend. They come to church and, you know, I, I've, got, I've had people, we've had people come here high, whether it's on drugs or alcohol, um, and all the time, all the while calling themselves Christians for years. Um, and so... She said, I, I said the prayer, but didn't change my ways. Slow journey. Because what happens is if you do come to a church where you're going to be convicted, and a lot of people don't want to have a church where they get convicted, um, especially now, um, 
you're going to hear, ooh, what I'm doing is not right. I'm angry. She said she gave her parents what for. She just was not a nice person and got married and were doing some things that shouldn't be doing and all the while saying, I know the Bible. I know about Jesus, but she really didn't. Um, and then when she finally did give her life to the Lord, life got harder. You know, there, there's some times when the Lord says, okay, let's test your commitment. Let's see if you'll stay, because you've been running for a long time. Let's see if you'll stay. Crippling fears just ate her up. And yet she got to the place of, she says, um, which, where is it? She says, I was angry, didn't know why, afraid of God. Wait, he was waiting for me to make a mistake. On the outside, looked like a Christian, but on the inside, nope, 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 nope. But he began to bring her out. She said, <laughs> she finally, she finally uh, gave in to the Lord and came to Calvary Chapel, San Antonio as her transition church. <laughs> in the Q&A, it was the cutest thing. Because I, I looked at her and I said, are you trying to tell me that you you just came over here just for a minute so you were, could go somewhere else? She said, well, yeah, sort of. I was on my way to something with it. But she said, in the quietness of your, she didn't say this, of your Winnie the Pooh voice. <laughs> she said, in the quietness of your voice, she could hear God's voice. We weren't yelling and screaming. and We weren't, we weren't participating in trying to, help you preach the message, like, you know what I'm saying? Um, She could hear the verse-by-verse message. Um, And so she she learned that, yeah, I know the Bible. And don't we think we know the Bible? But we don't know Jesus. We can quote some scriptures, right? Yeah, I told you at (laughs) breakfast this morning that, that, that you know people say well well I know the Bible mm-hmm. and and they're not saved the answer is they don't know the Bible mm-hmm. because the Bible is about him mm-hmm. uh, you know they they've got the, the I call it the shout church verses um, but they don't know the Bible yeah. and yet they can throw a few verses out there and have the background mm-hmm. uh, framework but they don't know the word yeah I'm the head not the tail pass it around yeah. don't you know okay but. She said, I knew the Bible, but I did not know Jesus. And so in her slow journey of, of sitting and listening, she said um, that he began to bring her out of the darkness. Um, and what a... She, you know, she has five kids, all of them adopted, and, and they were saved before her. <laughs> I'll tell you the kids. You know, for, for those of you who don't know, Trish has been serving here at the church for a very long time. Started out just one afternoon on the cleaning crew, and, and her and her kids were all doing it together. Mm-hmm. They got excited about doing it, yeah. and, and I honestly think they're here every day during the week yeah. uh, to, to, to clean yeah. when the school's out or or uh, we've had something going on, they, they come in and clean. And her kids are just a blast to watch. And those kids love the Lord. They love serving uh, with their mom and with one another. It's just really, really fun to watch. Yeah, and mom loves, adores her five adopted children. She's had them since they were baby babies, you know. And she just is in awe that God would allow her the privilege of being a mom to these five kids. It's just an amazing thing 
to watch. Okay. The producer's still over four years that she's been here. I think so. But for those in the audience, if you are one who, like Trish was, who keeps to herself, and most of it was because of shame, she didn't want anybody to know her story. And isn't that how it is? That's what the enemy does. He goes, ooh, if they really know who you were, they're not going to like you. That's how I used to think. You would tell me to be myself, and I'll be like... A lot of times, Paul, that's how people have been treated. You know, they only get positive feedback if they're doing what other people want. And the minute they're not doing that, of course, then those people turn on them. And so, unfortunately, they they characterize God as the same way. Well, if if I'm not doing everything right, then he's going to be angry with me. Mm -hmm. And that was the case, I think, with Trish. Yeah, yeah. Thinking that, you know, now that she's a Christian, if she messes up one time, he's up in heaven just looking for her to mess up. Okay, that's it. That's the last straw, you know. And a lot of us think like that. Anyway, she was... Uh, it was hard for her to relax even at church and um, because she closed herself off for so long. You know, that hands down, heart open thing. She was like, I'm not hearing it, <laughs> basically. Um, and, but she finally, finally went to her first women's retreat. And she told herself before she went there, okay, be even keeled. Be even keeled. Don't be up. Don't be, you know, be even keeled. But she ended up when she came back, and we tell everybody when we go to the retreats, Satan's going to be waiting. The enemy's going to be waiting. We're up on the mountaintop here. When we go back home, it's sometimes it's like the valley of the, of the darkness. And she said, sure enough. And she said, but I'm saved. So she couldn't understand that she was having these panic attacks. Um, but God, but God. And she had several more. She just couldn't make any sense of it. Why, why, why am I having these now? Um, Again, the enemy hates when he loses one that he had control over. He had had her in darkness for so long, and then she stepped into the light, and he's like, oh, no, I want to drag you back. But God is so good. He sent one of the ladies from the church over to her house. And (laughs) Trish said... I barely opened the door, and then before I knew it, she was already in my house, and I didn't even invite her. <laughs> but it was just the hand of the of the Lord that says, no, 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 I'm not going to let you stay in that situation, in that darkness. And so... And, and, and she didn't say who that woman was, but we think we no, know. No, I'm pretty sure and, I know. And, and I just thank God for, for people like that. Yes, I, I thank God for people like that, because mm-hmm. when somebody's in trouble... Yeah. They feel like, well, hey, let me go bail my sister out. And mm-hmm. that's exactly what happened. Mm-hmm. Get in the shower. That's the way a church is supposed to work. That's right. Get in the shower, you know, get some clothes on, serve other people. Serve other people. And that's where she got to. Um, she finally got to the place of, you know, so she came to church because Hebrews 10.25 says, um, don't forsake the assembling of the saints of summer in the habit of doing. Because when you stay isolated like she did for so long, the enemy just has you in a cycle, a cycle of taking you down farther and farther. And she said, that lady said, no, 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 come with me. We're going to serve. I don't have anything to give. I'm nobody. You know, my life's a mess again. She's, yeah, you know, uh, we're, we're coming to the end of the half hour, Paula. But And we don't have to... 
Yeah. We'll, we've finished this up in this half hour. Yeah, for, for, for everybody mm-hmm. um, who's out there, and you go through discouragement or times of depression, uh, depression, I've said often, is, is one of Satan's favorite tools. Oh, my goodness, yes. Um, you know, we think that because of how we feel, we have to respond to that. And when, when the enemy attacks like that, when you're being um, uh, oppressed like that, uh, that's when you got to fight. You, you can't do what you feel like doing. You got to do what you don't feel like doing. Yeah. And that's you got to get up. You got to get active. You got to minister to other people. You mm-hmm. got to seek the Lord with all of your heart mm-hmm. and stay in the Word. I mean, you don't feel like any of those things. Yeah. But the longer you delay fighting, the deeper the depression gets, yeah. and and the and the more evil the enemy becomes yeah so uh it's just uh, that, that's why being part of a church is so important um who knows how long trish would have been yeah locked in her house yeah exactly and so she said when she started serving it just brought joy it got the focus off of her and um she could feel the joy of the lord as she would serve other people and so it was it was really cool she said whatever it is let it go and now she can tell the difference between the voice of condemnation and the voice of conviction. When you stay down, the only voice you hear is the one of condemnation. You don't, you don't even get to hear the voice of conviction. And, so, and I love this one. She says, how do you appreciate God's goodness if you've never messed up? Because she was thinking... I can't mess up. I've messed up. It's a lot of pressure. I don't want to take. I don't want to take any more chances because I'm going to mess up. And but she said, "How do you appreciate God's goodness if you've not messed up?" And you know that just freed me up. (laughs) You know I love forgiveness. That's my favorite thing. Yeah, I've got something to add on that. That point, we come back and we'll take it wherever you want to take it. Hey, if you have questions, comments, or anything Paula needs to share her heart with, three four zero ninety five eighty five. Or toll free 877-630-KSLR. This is the date day edition of the Word to Stand Up for Life. We'll be back in two minutes. Back to the word to stand on for life. We're taking your calls at 340-9585 or toll-free 877-630-KSLR. Now, here's Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome back to the second half of our Date Day Show. If you have questions or comments, 340-9585. Paula, before you go into whatever it is you want to go on to, um, you know, we've been talking a lot here at Calvary Chapel about legalism. Because on Friday nights we're teaching Galatians, and mm-hmm. on Sundays we're in that portion of Acts yep. where they're 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 fighting about legalism and 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 um, uh, being forced to observe the law, those kind of things. And one of the things that that Trisha's um, devotion stood out to me was um, that that she she was putting so much pressure on herself and. Uh, I don't mean this to sound sexist, but but in our experience, women put so much pressure on themselves to be good, to measure up, to be pleasing to other people. 
And and it seems like so often they can't really enjoy their walk with the Lord mm-hmm. uh, because they feel like they're performing or they're being being judged based on what they're doing and, and a mistake kind of wipes out everything. Um, share your heart a little bit about about the damage that legalism has done. I know you've dealt with that in your life. Mm-hmm. Um, talk about it a little bit as, as, as it relates to Trisha's devotion. Yeah, she was saying that uh, after she accepted God, but then she became legalistic in her walk. It was one of those where, you know, you got to dress right. You got to go to church whenever the doors are open. You got to, you got to, hear me, you got to. Um, and you got to know scripture. You got to pray more. You got to read at least 12 chapters a day, kind of that kind of a thing. Um, you got to know the answer when anybody asks you a question. You gotta be in a good mood all the time. You yeah, gotta, and whatever you're doing, you have to do it better. Yeah, kind of thing. Yeah. It's always and that pressure. Always pressure to to measure up. I, a lot of ladies, you know, I've got to do more. I got to do more for the Lord. I mean, it's just like you're saying. There's just such that pressure, and um, yeah, we, uh, yeah. I, I don't know what that comes from, other than you know we're raised. I just don't understand why, why a lot of us, including me, um, you know, it was always, oh, that's good, but, you know, what do you mean, but? I did my best. Yeah, but not, not as good as me, kind of a thing. Um, and so, yeah, that pressure's always there, uh, but you, you kind of get to that place. And, again, slow journey uh, where God is pleased with you. You don't have to, you don't have to work to earn his love. God is love and he loves us no matter what. You know, a lot of people, um, especially elderly, I can't do what I used to do. I'm no, I'm no more value to the church, you know. I can't, I can't drive anymore. I can't do this or go there. And, um, you know, I used to be able to uh, teach the kids. Now, I, you know, I can't even get all my thoughts together kind of a thing and, mm. and, and they just feel a lack of value because we forget that it's the Lord. Yeah, and you know, the, the Lord, He just wants us to give what we have. Yeah. Um, he, he never expects us to give what we don't have. He never expects us uh, to do more when we're not physically able to do more. And I think so many of us, we live in the past, well, I used to do this and I used to do that. Well, whatever stage you are in your life, bring the best you've got to the Lord and let him enjoy that. And if you let him enjoy that, um, then you're going to experience his enjoyment. He's going to let you know. And so, uh, you know, I used you recently. I can't remember what Bible said it was. They all run together. But he used you as an example. You know, Paula was a rule follower. She's always been a rule follower. And she was always so hard on herself. And she never thought she could measure up. She's not smart enough. She's not this enough or that enough. And um, it's been a years-long battle for you to get to the place where you can go to the Lord and say, hey, this is what I got. Yep. This is who I am. Yep. I don't have to be anybody else. Yeah. I just want to hang out with Jesus. Yeah. Even coming to this radio program on Thursday afternoon when I drop you off, for a little bit I'm like, oh, man, what am I going to talk about? What's the, what's the subject, Lord? What you, what, what, you know the show, the show starts at 4.02, right? I'm talking to God like that. He said, have I ever let you down? But so, you, so people know the enemy messes with all of us, you know, 
Oh, you didn't study enough. Oh, you didn't ask him. I've been asking the Lord for what we're going to talk about since Monday. Last Thursday, actually. And he, he, he just reminded me, uh, I already know what you're going to say. And then I thought, oh, yeah, you already know what we're going to say. It'd probably be a couple of callers or something. Mm-hmm. And I was able to. Well, if he's known what we're going to say relax. all week, he must have really been disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. See, that's the kind of thing but that's how that we think. messes with people. What yeah. I have is never enough. God mm-hmm. says, just bring me the best you've got. Yeah. And if you mess up, let's start over and do it again. Mm-hmm. But but her comment about the difference between conviction yeah. and condemnation is so important yeah. for us to understand. Conviction draws you closer to the Lord. Mm-hmm. Condemnation, the voice of the devil. Mm-hmm. Condemnation drives you away from the Lord because you don't feel like you're able to approach. You don't feel like you're able uh, to, 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 to talk to him. You're not worthy. You're not worthy. That's right. Yeah, and so really. so uh, I, I'm just really glad she shared her heart. Mm-hmm. One other comment that I have about uh, Trisha's sweet summer devotion is the overriding thing that that you could see was her humility. Yeah, if you want to be used by the Lord, you have to be humble, mm-hmm. and she's been through that process, and and her humility was so beautiful and so attractive. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, it was at least I'm watching it online mm-hmm. and it, it seemed like it was really quiet yeah. while she was talking. Yeah. People are really tuned in because that humility is what attracted people. Yeah. And I think I think if you want to be used by the Lord, that's something that we all have to deal with. Yeah. We can't go on the basis of I can do this or this is what I got. Mm-hmm. We've got to say, Lord, I got nothing. Mm hmm. Yeah. I got absolutely yeah. nothing. One more comment for for Trisha's thing, for everybody. She said, God has begun to heal the hurts inside because we hold on to those hurts. They define who we are. We hold on to them and we let the enemy use those hurts to define who we are. I am the way I am because of this and I'm never going to be different. But she said, God has begun to heal the hurts inside the only way the Lord can do that, because we, we get to choose if we're going to allow him, the Holy Spirit, God who created everything, to heal the hurts inside. That's a hands-down, heart open. You're going to take the scab off of this wound, and we're not going to put a Band-Aid on it this time. We're going to take, let the scab be taken off. We're going to get the infection out. We're going to let this thing really heal. But she said she didn't know how to ask for help. Not from God or anybody else, but she has be, God has begun to heal the hurts inside mm-hmm. instead of us holding on to it and letting him fester. Yeah. That's huge. Don't, don't use the word fester. I'm studying Leviticus right now. And there's a <laughs> oh, lot of yeah. infection and yeah. pus and festering going yes, on in Leviticus. Uh, Paul, let's take our friend Greg from Bulverde on line one. Greg, thanks for calling. You're on the air. Hey, guys, I tell you what, this is uh, one of the highlights of my week is to listen to you guys on the radio on Thursday. Thank you, Greg. Thanks, Greg. It's awesome. Well, listen, um, and I pray also to pray that I'm so excited about y'all's new building project, and I pray that all the funds needed will just start pouring in and everything will be taken care of for sure, without question. But anyway, one of the kind of bring up to to, I guess both of y'all, but Pastor Ron, as you know, more of my stories since we talked the other day, uh, I just keep getting confirmation almost on a daily basis about the situation. And and I know I've been walking with Jesus now for 39 years, and I know him well enough that 
he didn't wake me up that Sunday morning early on the 18th of June just to mess with my head. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? He, he did it because he's got a plan there. And, and I don't know, Just I just want to hear any kind of feedback that you have about that. Yeah, you know, Greg, I um, you, you're you're in a a difficult position right now because you're waiting, but it's a wonderful position. And uh, after speaking with you on the phone, I just think about Moses, and really not Moses as much as lying when he's at the Red Sea, and Pharaoh's army is is bearing down on them from one side. The Red Sea is is uh, on at their backs. And they have nowhere to go. And Charlton Hessen turned around, raised his staff and said, stand and see what the Lord will do. And Greg, that's where you are right now. Mm-hmm. You hang in. You be faithful and stand and watch what God does. Just watch what he does. Have no expectations. Have no timetable. Just stand and watch what God will do. And the testimony that you will have through this, no matter how it turns out, no matter what turns in direction it takes, the testimony that you will have after this will be overwhelming. And and uh, we are praying for you and appreciate it very, very much. Thank you for your prayers. You know, people don't understand I mean, we all know things cost stuff, but, you know, we're a church that gives everything away for free. So we don't have any money. So when Greg says he's praying for the funds, I'm really, really grateful mm-hmm. uh, because there is a bunch of funds. <laughs> Somebody <laughs> says, well, how much is it going to cost to build the building? I know just the construction is going to be like $5 million. Well, how much do you have? I said, well, we're still like $4.95 <laughs> million short. <laughs> So, but we're we're taking this step of faith. We're confident it's of the Lord, and just uh, because Greg brought it up, uh, next Monday, this coming Monday, uh, is our um, city council meeting with the planning and zoning commission. Um, so that's the first step. We expect that to go really easily, and and within the following Tuesday, not not the next day Tuesday, but but Tuesday the 15th, uh, we have uh, our meeting where the city council is actually going to have to vote on the rezoning uh, for the property. And, uh, you know, we know that the council people, the mayor, are fans of what we do mm-hmm. uh, for our city. But at the same time, you never know when politics get involved. You never know what's going to happen. So we would covet everybody's prayers for that process. And the truth is, Paula, we've got so many people coming, so many new people coming, that we honestly can't fit people in the building here anymore. And it's been clear this has been the trend for the last year, really. And and it's clear that God is saying, okay, you watch what I'm going to do. And he tells us when we get a bigger place, he's going to fill that too. So mm-hmm. um, we're not interested in being a megachurch. That's not the, the point. Uh, we just want people to hear the word of God. Yeah. And I think God's at that place where he says, okay, I can trust you with the people, the lost, the hurting, the hungry, the broken, the needy, the confused, the fearful, the angry. Um, so get ready because I'm bringing them. And he's really bringing them. Mm-hmm. You know, many years ago, there was a group that tried to uh, shut us down, and it was because of the free school. But I'm telling you what, God knows stuff. He's, he knows stuff, and he's very powerful, because I'm writing down names of people every every Sunday, for sure, and new people during the week as well. Um, but a bunch of them are saying, we left from here, we brought our kids here. Is there any way they can get into this school yeah. because 
schools out there are teaching the kids all kinds of stuff that a lot of parents, especially Christian parents, don't want their kids learning. And um, they're bringing them here. Well, they're, they're lies. And, you know, one of the things, and this is another matter for prayer for everybody out there, and um, so committed to brainwashing our children. Now, please, if you're a public school teacher and a Christian, God bless you. We need you there. There always needs to be light and darkness. Uh, so, so this isn't a personal attack. Um, but the, the curriculum that they're te- teaching, the ideology that's being shoved down these kids' throats, um, uh, we have uh, more people coming to try to get into our school because schools charge, because it's free. They're they're pleading with us to get in, and we just don't have space. We have 135 kids in our school, and we don't have space for any more. This new facility will allow us immediately, if if we had the teaching staff and, and the go-ahead from the Lord, I mean, we could quadruple the size of our 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 school and uh, as you know Paula I hate waiting lists when these parents come in and there's tears in their eyes and they're pleading with us I just moved from California and and I want my kids in this school is there anything you can do and uh, you know we don't pull favors and 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 we 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 just let the Lord kind of handle it um, but the, the the amount of people, and this is good parenting. These are parents that love their kids and are trying to protect them. Um, we want to be able to provide uh, that education for them. And, and school here is not easy. Mm-mm. It's difficult. Um, uh, our kids get accepted to colleges all over the country, some of the best colleges in the world. Um, and and we're, we're now, we're at that point where... We really don't want them to go to college anymore because college is even worse. Mm-hmm. You know, they're they're lying to them and trying to. I'm ready for our Bible college right now. Yes, I you know. know so we, I know. And um, you know, th- this new building will give us a space to be able to do those things. Yeah. So, um, um, okay, I took over your show. I'm sorry. Uh, no, no, that's perfect. I'm writing down names every week, and again, people are coming from everywhere. The like Trish was saying. The verse by verse teaching of the word, not just what it says, what it means, but how to apply it. That's your specialty, how to apply it. There's no sense in knowing what the word says if we don't know how to put it into our lives. And so that's kind of my segue now, because when I woke up this morning, not as good as Greg, but <laughs> um, that Sunday morning, but the Beatitudes. You know, I think I'm going to do a study on the Beatitudes, but I just want to ask you some questions because I'll take this be my cheat sheet thing. <laughs> on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him and he began to teach them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit. Okay, poor in spirit. Go ahead. Give me an explanation, babe. Well, I, I think that we talked with Trish about her humility. I think the poor in spirit is simply we need to realize that there's nothing good in us. That, that we have to depend on God for every ounce of goodness that comes from our life. And that's offensive to a lot of people, Paul. You know, uh, one of the things I want to say about the, about the Sermon on the Mount uh, before we get into the details is that, I mean, do you say, okay, this is how you got to live? Well, what Jesus is doing is saying, if you want to get to heaven without me, you got to be perfect. In chapter 5, the last verse is, be ye perfect mm-hmm. as your Father in heaven is perfect. Mm-hmm. So Jesus is saying, not only do you have to live perfectly according to the letter of the law, but I'm going to raise the stakes and go the spirit behind the law. Mm-hmm. You've you got to live up to that as well. 
And I think being poor in spirit is recognizing that I don't have anything to offer God. There's nothing in me that that, that has any value separate from God. And uh, the, the reality is, if we don't understand that, then we come to God on the basis of what we can do uh, for him. Uh, you know, you used to say, and you were an immature Christian, but, but, oh, God, Ron has so much potential. If only he'd get saved, he could do so much. Mm-hmm. Um, I brought nothing to the Lord. And I realized at the here. Uh, I know even more now that that nothing I've contributed has any value at all, but only that which God has done in and through me. The Apostle Paul talks about the power of God that works so effectively in him. Mm -hmm. Um, That's what we can be confident Mm -hmm. in. And being poor in spirit is realizing that, hey, I got got nothing Mm -hmm. to offer. Mm -hmm. Anything short of that, and it's sort of like, okay, God, watch me do this. Mm -hmm. And, And that can't happen. Yeah. That's that's what he was kind of telling me when I'm at home sweating about what I'm going to talk about on the radio. He's like, I, I got you. <laughs> you. You don't know. <laughs> but, you know, like like picking these ladies every summer. Uh, Lord, you make me look like a genius. And you know I'm not. But, but see, that's what he does. That's what he does. When we're obedient. Yeah. Yeah. So it's really cool. Blessed are those who mourn. Those who mourn. Like Sunday, this past Sunday was so hard you know that scripture that says mourn with those who mourn and rejoice with those who rejoice sometimes you you get that we get that all the time but this this past sunday was so difficult one of our sweetest lady over the loss of a child that's on the front of me directly behind me was a mom who just had her baby and she'd bring in, and, and just got her baby out of the NICU, and yeah. she wanted to show it around. And yeah. So we we've got both these situations oh. happening within two feet of each yes. other. Yes. And, and then right behind like, that second yeah. one was another one who's like eight months pregnant. While we're crying and mourning with this one, and then and you we, turn around, they want me to hold the baby. And yes. And I'm like, you. let the other one get out the yeah. way. Yeah. And these- with our spiritual condition and the spiritual condition of the world that we live in. Um, you know, we who are believers ought to mourn over the condition of this world. Uh, It ought to break our hearts. And we see people being deceived. We get angry with them. You know, we want to argue and debate with them. (laughs) Instead, our hearts need to be broken um, as a result of of that deception. And I think we've got to look around and see the pain. I think of Jesus at the tomb of Lazarus uh, when he wept bitterly. Um, it wasn't because of what he knew God and say, this isn't what I intended at all. This isn't how things began. And look what man has done to this world. You know, we blame God for bad things that happen. And the reality is that that uh, the bad things that happen, all of those things we bring, humans bring on ourselves. And so we have to be mournful over that condition, mournful over our own sin. Yeah. And uh, truth is, Paula, we don't hate our sin enough. Yeah, in my in my notes, I think last night, like you said, all the studies kind of run to comma Paula. <laughs> yeah, you know, hate your sin, Paula. Don't be just hating other people's sin. Um, yeah. So. Okay, well, we said three minutes now, Paul. Okay, so. we're not going to finish this. So, blessed are the meek. We just get to. <laughs> I, meek. I did a, a separate Bible study on each one of yeah, these. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm really thinking that um, after the fall season, 
maybe be even between first and second Timothy, uh, the teachers we might just do the Beatitudes. Okay. Yeah. Meek, babe. I remember you said that's that's power. Mm-hmm. We we um, uh, define that as weakness, and we've got to be strong. We've got to be confident, and and meekness is power under control. Jesus was the meekest man on the planet, and he had the most power. He could do anything, but the power was under control, and his power was under the control of his Father in heaven. Mm -hmm. And so he he didn't try to make things happen. He waited for his Father to say, do this or do that or say that, and then he did it, and then his power would be manifest. And uh, a great picture is Jesus freaking out on, on deck, and uh, Jesus just walks up and says, oh, you have little faith. He goes, peace be still. And it's all the, I think he went back and slept. <laughs> I'm sure he did. You know, but it's, it's, it's power under control. It's not trying to exert power. Yeah. It's letting your body be a vessel through whom God power, God's power flows. And, um, and, and it, it is the, the meek in the world uh, who um, God will be able to use. Um, we all have things that we can do. Only then are we able to to uh, say, okay, Lord, um, it's all you. Yeah. It's none of me. Yeah. It's power under control. Yeah. And then the last one we'll get to today is blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Seek ye first the kingdom of God yeah. and his righteousness. It's priority. Yeah, it's priority. You know, That's we, what we, you've been teaching, yeah, too. We've got to say no to our flesh. Yeah. Uh, so that we can say yes to the Lord. And the reality is uh, too many Christians long more for the things of this world than the things of God. So uh, we can come back this year. we got other programs. It'll be Thursday again. It sure will be. Stand on for life. I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh from Calvary Chapel in San Antonio, Texas. And I'll be back tomorrow, Lord willing, at 4 o'clock on AM 630 The Word. I'll see you then. Bye-bye. Thanks for spending this time with Calvary Chapels, The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. The Word to Stand On for Life is on every weekday afternoon at 4, and Pastor Ron invites you to find out more about Calvary Chapel at calvarysa.com. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.